Hello and welcome everyone to season one of the B2B pod. Our topic of this episode was why you must create a brand new lead scoring model in 2022 to talk to hidden SQLs. This is a very significant challenge in the B2B space with the demand generation and the funnel through the start to finish and really how you can progress the leads. I'm your host, Radwa Hassan, and I have the absolute pleasure to be hosting Amesh Maholtra for this episode. Welcome to the B2B pod by The Pulse of Dubai with your host, Radwa Hassan. This show is brought to you by Logicron. Welcome to The Pulse of Dubai in the B2B podcast, Amesh. It's really a pleasure to host you for this episode. Thank you so much for welcoming me. Looking forward to it. Thank you. And would be really great if you could uh, do a quick introduction to our audience so that they would really uh, get a very good view of your experience and your background. Yes, absolutely. So I've been in the marketing space for about almost 20 years, worked in a variety of different verticals, both B2B and B2C uh, here in San Francisco, uh, California. I have a strong vision of applying uh, lead management in, uh, as a single process. You know, in other words, I've got a digital DNA in, in me and uh, you know, planning, execution and the whole analysis of demand generation or digital programs. And uh, currently, I'm uh, working um, for a PCB manufacturing company in the SaaS software space. That's what I've been doing for a long time. So I'm happy to help here with any questions that um, could help the community and all faucets of marketing. Perfect. Thank you so much, Amesh. And this really falls in to our topic of this episode, was why you must create a brand new lead scoring model in 2022 to talk to hidden SQLs. This is a very significant challenge in the B2B uh, space with the demand generation and the funnel through the, the start to finish and really how you can progress the leads. And I believe that in during the pandemic, there has been a lot of change, the before and after. So really, how do you see that in the Americas? If I mean, if we're going to reflect into a different side of the world and also the before and after challenge of qualifying leads in how you see that? The challenge, uh, you know, we always had a challenge of, uh, you know, making sure the conversions are high from an MQL to an SQL stage, uh, ultimately, uh, you know, converting into SQLs. But COVID has actually created a big problem in the lead generation world. We have a lot of spam coming in. We don't want to spend a lot of time on MQLs that are not going to convert. Sales team and business teams are struggling with um, creating a pipeline with solid opportunities. So there's a lot of noise, in other words, that's, uh, you know, interfering with our whole entire demand gen strategy. So, and of course, if you, if you remove the spam, then uh, there's other areas that we need to touch. And I guess we'll talk about it today. Absolutely. Do you see that it was much easier to do that conversion before the pandemic? Definitely, because, uh, you know, before we knew that uh, a person who's, uh, you know, they didn't have any budget problems first. It's a, one of the pain points now that a lot of industries, depending on what industry you touch on, are struggling with, uh, you know, should we, uh, like, I don't know, the medical device space or the manufacturing space in the healthcare 
great. They have the they have a lot of budget. They know this market is not dying anytime soon. They need a lot of equipments that are being manufactured. But if you look at other areas like retail, for example, uh, during COVID, a lot of uh, you know supermarkets were closed. There was a lot of online uh, uh, deliveries that were happening on your groceries, for example. So it just depends on what industry you talk about. But um, people are not going to the office uh, a lot. Uh, at least now I'm hearing a lot of companies are announcing that you can come back to work. But uh, during COVID, we were str- the whole team was struggling because how do we get a hold of this person on a, on a voice call? You sure we're all on emails, but there's a lot of emails that have increased because the voice call has been percentage has, has dropped uh, aggressively because no one's going to work at that time. And that yes, some people have forwarded their landline to their mobile, but it's still been a problem of connecting from prospect to a customer and vice versa. Certainly, this is really critical in 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 the conversion and the acceptance of even internally or externally of your audience, that being the sales internally and of course with the clients externally. Of course, the COVID has accelerated digital in in a way that we were all aspiring to see. But again, there is a lot of digital fatigue that I'm seeing people are becoming engaged again, with a face-to-face and more on board with coming back to less digital, I would say. They don't engage as much as the beginning of the COVID because they feel like there is now another option like to come to the face-to-face. So I think that's in favor also of creating a good balance between both. So what are, if we are going to say your... um, recommendations for marketeers to enable sales with better qualified leads. What would be your strategy for better qualified leads and structure if if this is going to be like a plan that people could go and take out? Yes, you're absolutely right. It's definitely a big balance. And, you know, for a better or the worse, that uh, time will tell because I know a lot of people, uh, you know, events is a big part of marketing for most industries and due to covid uh, events were not happening, and that was a big drawback for a lot of companies uh, here in Silicon Valley as well. Uh, but good news was is going on to virtual, so a lot, a lot of companies were okay with that, but some were not because of a lot of other reasons that fall under their event strategy. But to answer your question uh, precisely, you know, the lead quality is, is a big issue, which uh, which uh, we always have had even pre-COVID, even during COVID, we're going to have it in the future. But one thing that I did in my uh, last couple of years, which is the structure of the whole MQLs, you know, kind of dividing it into A, B, and C. A being the, uh, with the 100 plus score absolutely should be followed up first and timely with the number of follow-up points. B is, you know... 50 and C is under 25. Um, and it could be any score. This is just an example for the sake of the conversation. So, you know, let's say uh, an anonymous visitor comes on the site. We don't know who he or she is. And uh, they browse about six pages uh, and they download, a, but, but then they finally fill out a form. So then we know who the person is. But uh, every action they take on the site will decide if they are A, B, or a C. You know, uh, a person on a webinar uh, just sign up and never attended C. But they attended. That's a B. But they not only attended, they also asked a couple of questions. And they went to the site and downloaded a white paper and looked at the pricing page. Great. That's an A. So we're figuring out how the lead scoring should be applied in different, different leads based on your job title, based on your are you. And also because are you a part of our industry filters or not? If we're going after five verticals and you're in the top five great that's that's pretty awesome for us but if you're like in the in the tier two which is not a very good uh, pipeline generator for us but you're not bad we don't want sales guys wasting time on that lead uh, on on day one you could probably follow up on those leads once they're done with the a or b's 
perfect. Yeah, I mean, that's really a very, I believe, effective way to have the sales act on that as when you tell them there is grading, they would say that, oh, okay, maybe I would need to act on the A's and less attention to the B's. Whereas if you give them just like a bucket of leads and you tell them just like you need to qualify that, then many of them will not be engaged and will look at them as just like, yeah, just the lead. But I think the grading system creates better engagement, at least at the sales uh, sales rep side. So what type of qualifying questions and filters that you use um, with, the, with your targets uh, in order to have a better grading or rather to move them through the grading system? That's a great question. So um, obviously there is, you know, we, when we're going after the it depends on how many MQLs and on the budget, of course. But let's say you are going after a high tech, you know, as one of your verticals, and you want at least 300 MQLs from that vertical in the next 45 days. And, you know, based on the cost per lead, you do the analysis and you say, okay, this is the amount of my money I have. Can I get that many leads in, um, in that much price? Let's say you can. That's an easy problem, I mean, easy, easy solution. But if let's say there's, you want 350 leads and you have a decent sized budget, the best, best way to uh, go after this was not just get the cost per lead. Even if you have to pay a little extra, let's say the cost per lead is only not sixty bucks, sixty dollars a lead. Let's say it's a hundred dollar lead. But in but what you can do to get a higher quality lead is you not only making sure that you get your get their name, number, email, industry, and all the other fields that you want them filled out, but also asking them a couple of extra questions which matter to your sales team because at the end of the day the sales slash business development teams are going to fall upon all these mqls and they need to get excited so what we do is we not only are you know launching campaigns whether it's a content syndication campaign or an email campaign whatever the campaign is we're also asking them to give us accounts that they want to go after they might say oh great you're going after energy semiconductors and high tech here's uh 45 companies that i want to go after and there are three salespeople. we'll take those 45 companies do an analysis on our end or using Zoom in for Apollo, extract uh, four to five prospects per account, create a list of a couple of hundred uh, people that are that are solid because they are trying to get to these accounts. And we can squeeze in some a dozen or two from our end as well for each vertical. Now we got a list to go after with qualifying questions. We have a budget. Scoring is uh, is great because we know that out of these three verticals, uh, we, we want uh, definitely high tech is creating 70% of the revenue and the remaining remaining uh, 10 or 15% is from the other two verticals. So we plan it that way. This is just a very quick strategy, uh, what I'm sharing, but uh, it depends on a lot of other things as well. Certainly. I mean, that also, I believe from my experience has helped when we tried uh, similar techniques uh, for the qualification. Um, how do you see a buyer intent as a qualifying approach works for you or really helps with the process. Yeah, buyer intent is uh, is definitely a, a little more expensive on the uh, depending on the marketing budget. It, it is on a higher side a lot of companies uh, adopt buyer intent solution like uh, tech target or demand base. And what it does is if you have the budget, I know I know in some companies I've been at, I have used buyer intent and as a part of my strategy. Basically what it does is, you know, you you upload your uh, company names and uh, now the system is keeping a binocular uh, view on which people or companies under uh, the umbrella that you're going after are looking for, it's kind of like an air cover. It's, it's maintaining that air cover and you're seeing, and you get a report every day or every week, depending on how you set up your uh, daily digest or weekly digest. It'll tell you, hey, guess what? Uh, four companies from the accounts that you have shared that you, are, you want to keep an eye on, 
these uh, people in these job titles have downloaded or search for these uh, keywords on those websites. So you have, you have a lot of detail. And if you pay the cost per lead, which is usually on an average of about $200 per lead, it's called a QSO, which is Qualified Sales Opportunity. Then what it does is that uh, account will also give you some extra information that's extremely useful and valuable for your teams is that, oh, guess what? This John Smith at IBM, who's looking for these uh, software solution that you're going after, is now hunting and searching for these four competitors excluding you or including you, you will know that kind of detail. And then you're like, oh, wow, this person is already out in the market looking for a solution. He's always hunting for my competitors. I want to talk to this person before they do. So these are some of the um, extra valuable information you get from using buyer intent, but it's pricey. This show is brought to you by Logicron, a leading demand generation company, providing solutions and synchronizing all your B2B needs logically. Would you rather pay less for a larger number of MQLs or a much higher cost for an SQO? Yeah, that is a fantastic question, actually. A question that we are asked uh, every quarter when we are figuring out our strategy moving forward. Uh, you know, some quarters we are looking for a, a lot of volume and some we're not. And how we de- determine that is that if we are going and experimenting, uh, you know, three new verticals, for example, then we don't want to get a lot of MQLs uh, uh, on day one. So we want to pace it out with a, like a pulse moment that we, we check it out and see how it's going. Oh, great. The phase one work. Let's do phase two. But it's just a matter of uh, what's your, what your ASP, your, your average selling price, because uh, you have to have an ROI. Otherwise, you don't really need marketing. So you're making sure that your, whatever you're doing to get the SQLs has some kind of a booking amount in the future on closed one. So you have to have make sure your attribution for each channel or media buy that you're going after gives you a return. It, you have to have that, but it totally depends on a lot of things uh, to determine, you know, like, like for example, in my current company, we have about uh, 10 verticals, almost a dozen verticals that give us revenue, but there are only, uh, there are only two that are extremely uh, giving us more than half of our uh, revenues. And the rest are equally, uh, not equally, but divided among uh, many others. But we see a lot of potential growth because we never really went after those verticals. But now uh, we see customers coming in. So we want to make sure that, hey, this looks like a great vertical uh, because two customers have come in without even pulling a muscle. Why don't we go after those uh, those verticals? So it just depends uh, totally. You know, uh, Sometimes I think it's better to do less volume and, and pay more. But that depends on your ASP, like I said, and also what your sales cycle is. If your sales cycle is going to be two years because you're going after billion-dollar accounts to get hundred million dollars or more than 10 million in, in revenue, then you don't really have a lot of leads. You only go after 150 leads and close maybe uh, 17% on average in terms of opportunities and maybe one or two person become customers because that's a big deal. But in our case, on our, uh, in SaaS softwares, you can go after thousands of MQLs because you know, you're only getting about 30 to 40,000 or 60,000 in, in revenue. So you need to go after a lot of MQLs. So I'm, I, I gave a little more detailed explanation for your question because I know this is a big problem for a lot of marketers in nationwide, but even globally. Yeah. I believe with marketing automation, with a pandemic, with so many factors coming all together, there is going to be a lot of change that's going to come. It's evolving and it's really dynamic and the customer behavior changes by the day. I don't see it. It's not like before that you would say for the last 10 years, people were reacting in this manner. Every day it's changing due to the flow of technology, of course, and 
all the new content that's that's being pushed. And this is another issue, but yeah, really great feedback. Thank you. And how do you see, so if we look at the conversion of the SQOs, because sometimes it is better that you have qualified leads or qualified opportunities. It makes the engagement, I think, higher from the sales reps than with the MQLs. But from your experience, how have you seen the conversion of the SQOs? Absolutely. SQOs are obviously, I mean, the whole marketing um, strategies to a lot of salespeople, uh, like especially the CROs or the VP of sales, they're least interested in knowing how many MQLs come in. They're like, what, what are, how many SQOs did marketing create or sales create? That's the the, the, the main main magic number thereafter. And I agree, SQLs are the most important because MQLs, you, you can get pretty easily. Uh, you know, get, sending out an email campaign and making people download a, download a white paper or an ebook is not difficult these days. You can buy those leads, give it to publication, and they go after. But the problem with those MQLs uh, is you have to do a lot of lead nurturing. Conversions are very, very tardy on um, an MQL uh, from a content syndication campaign or an email campaign. But uh, if you're an SQL... Uh, and of course, there are many different ways. We, you know, we tried out uh, doing Bant SQLs for budget, authority, need, and time to give solid uh, SQLs. And that created a very, and we had a higher lead scoring on that. And obviously, if, uh, we are making sure that we're not only bringing MQLs to you, but also SQLs. Now, how do I do that? There are a couple of different ways to do that. But one, just to pick one random, it's an appointment setter. We are working with an appointment setter in Texas. You know, they have a couple of callers. They are, they are doing the first touch to create and pre-qualify an MQL. And if that MQL is solid, it's it's passing all the qualification steps. They have answered all the Q, uh, qualifying questions uh, perfectly. It matches our industry filters. So they're doing all the work. We're not paying even a dollar yet. And after it gets qualified, then MQL, they and the person has agreed to speak to a salesperson. And if that call goes well and the person's on the call, so we've already given them a pre-SQL, in other words, which is almost an opportunity because the person knows what we do, who we are, what is our business like. And we are also uh, answered some questions from a, from a vendor. So uh, those are higher uh, SQLs and SQLs are a couple hundred dollars. You know, this is a $400 appointment. Uh, but that really, really works a lot, very highly for us. In fact, that's our number one campaign today where we are creating appointments for sales teams. So we're, uh, it's a very high quality MQL. We call it an MQL, but it's actually an SQL. So that's uh, how we differentiate it. So you should always have your uh, MQLs, uh, but uh, at the same time to fill the gap, because what if the MQLs don't convert? You have a bad pipeline. You didn't, you didn't, your KPIs are not helping you out uh, and it, it embarrasses you in front of the uh, the audience, you want to make sure that you have a backup plan to create X number of SQLs just exactly for that purpose. But again, it depends on the budget as well. Yeah, I'm with you on that because I personally, better for me to put $10,000 for SQLs or for qualified opportunities than spending 20 on hundreds of MQLs that have poor conversion rate. So yes, as you said, you pay a higher cost, but it's still at the end, the conversion is higher. The engagement from the internal audience is higher. The propensity to, to close this opportunity is definitely much more worth the investment. Yes. One more thing to add there is, uh, you know, when you are uh, paying $20,000 to get an SQL, which is great, that's for lucky companies that are only going after one or two verticals. But if you have like a dozen industries you're going after, and uh, that means 20 times a dozen, that's a pretty big budget for a quarter. 
then you are struggling like, oops, what do I really do? Because I need SQL from these 10 or 12 industries, but that's a lot of money on a marketing budget. So then you kind of have to prioritize, okay, I, I want to make sure that these three industries are already so good. We're getting the, the revenue already. So we can live off MQLs because they know who we are. We know who they are and what their pain points are. And then you use SQLs for industries that are not closing that easily, like energy, for example, uh, or some other industries that are not very good for a company. We want to make sure we get higher opportunity, uh, like an SQL, because we don't want to waste the MQLs because we know that this vertical is not our number one sweet spot. Yeah, absolutely. Amesh, this is a very interesting topic. If we want our listeners to take away uh, three to four recommendations from you on how they can best do the conversion, the MQL journey, what would that be? I would, uh, you know, definitely a one pager plan would probably have highlights of, uh, you know, in crispy bullets would be, you know, who are, who is the audience you're going after? Um, you know, mention that for sure. What are the qualifying questions? Run that by sales. Make sure that sales has vetted that. A third would be how are you, how do you measure uh, your uh, prioritize, prioritize your follow-ups? In other words, who do you want to talk to first and so on? So have a pretty intelligent, uh, sophisticated lead scoring uh, behind that. And uh, also another thing we didn't talk about today, but it's part of the plan is uh, make sure the assets that you're using, the marketing assets, whether white paper, whether ebook, whether a, a webinar recording, use those assets to your advantage and map it with all the audiences that you're going after. That would uh, help. And also always I, I call, I say that a 70-30 or 80-20. 70% or 80% is MQL, 20-30% is SQL. And divide your budget into two buckets with an MQL and an SQL. You always want to make sure you're going after MQLs because you're going after a dozen industries. But you also want to make sure you're going out, you have an SQL plan. And uh, if you're going after a thousand MQLs, you want to have at least 30 or 50 uh, SQLs uh, minimum. Uh, but, uh, of course it depends on, uh, what the size of the company is and all that. So this is just a hypothetical, uh, um, thing I shared, but those are some of the major big rocks that you want to go after. Thank you. Amazing. And if we are going to prioritize or mention the verticals that are most engaged with your campaigns or in general that you see the engagement with these industries or verticals are much higher. Uh, which ones would that be? I would say, you know, of course, paid search on Google has uh, is is always in every company that I've gone has performed, uh, uh, you know, very favorably. It, it is a little higher cost per lead, but it's uh, one of the best campaigns always. Now, uh, under under the advertising channel, of course, LinkedIn sometimes plays a good role, sometimes it does not. On a media buy channel, I would say. If you have a good sales force of people that are there and have an outbound strategy, then you could go after a lot of MQLs because you have to nurture them and all and have many touch points and timely follow-ups. But if you don't have confident, dedicated uh, team to do the outbound strategy, these are all inbound follow-up people, then I would stay away from media buys always. Because if you cannot do 15 touch points or at least, at least 12 touch points timely, then it's better to not uh, go after media buys. And the last thing which I said is appointment setters, which I used appointment setter because uh, we don't have a very large force uh, of outbound marketers. So these are the three top ones. There's many more, of course, as you know, there's a long list, uh, but uh, we I focus always on these three channels to create my pipeline and, uh, you know, stand out. Thank you so much, Amesh. That was really an interesting discussion. We could go forward or rather for much longer. But thank you again for joining the episode. And I look forward to hosting you again here. Thank you. 
Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me here. I had a great time and uh, hope the community that's listening to this enjoys our discussion and uh, gets uh, some good points out of this to uh, implement into their strategy. Thank you once again for calling me. Thanks, Omesh. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the B2B Pod by The Pulse of Dubai with your host, Radwa Hassan. This show is brought to you by Logicron. If you aren't already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions or suggestions, you can visit us on thepodcast.ae and follow us on social media at the B2B Pod. See you next time.